You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 82 of Take a Bow. I'm your host, Eli Tokash, and we have a very exciting episode coming at you all today, right now. Um, I am so excited for this week's episode. We have a very special guest. The one and only Andrea Burns is here to speak to us all about West Side Story, a little bit about In the Heights, a little bit about On Your Feet, and all the other things uh, that we were able to talk about. Um, I'm really excited. You know, this um, this month has been really exciting for me. Um, I think it's great for, for to bring fans, uh, artists who are currently involved in um the performing arts and they are currently like artists that you can go see uh whether it's in a movie theater or on a broadway stage especially during this holiday season um so i think it's been really cool to have like matt megs on who you can currently see in wicked or andrea burns who you can currently see in west side story which is available everywhere right now in theaters um I'm just, I'm very excited, and I think this this episode is a, a fairly quick one, but I think it is one of the most valuable uh, episodes and interviews that uh, that we've had here on Take a Vow, so I'm very excited to, to have you guys listen to it. So before we get into that, as always, let's talk about some news, okay? Um, I have some good and bad news. I don't know what I'm going to do first. I may, I'm thinking about doing the bad news first. Should I do the bad news first? You know what? I'll do the like equal news. So it's neither good nor bad news or it's like good news. I don't know. It it depends on your like outtake. So Diana the Musical announced it's closing um and uh that's going to be this Sunday. That is a fairly short um closing notice. I just want to say congratulations to everyone who was involved, the artists, the performers, the creatives, the casting, everyone, everyone um just a very exciting thing it's a huge accomplishment to get to broadway in general um i know that it did not have the success that they wanted but um you know you know not every show can be a dear evan hansen and hamilton um but with that being said um i don't know if diana's marketing tactics were always beneficial obviously the opening night reviews were not good so that didn't help their ticket sales um neither did the netflix uh kind of staged movie version uh that didn't help i think the the way that they wanted to um i don't know it'll be interesting to see what happens if they decide to go on tour if they decide to do something else with it if they decide to find some sort of audience elsewhere um but nonetheless 
Diana's closing, and that's this Sunday. So literally uh, very, very soon. And uh, I just wanted to say congratulations to all involved. Huge congrats to Jenna DeWall, who was literally, you know, the workhorse of that show. I think we can all agree. Um, eight shows a week and doing it for as long as she's been doing it. Um, huge props to her and everyone who's been just going out there night after night and giving it their all eight times a week. So congrats and uh, happy trails. And I'm sorry that uh, it wasn't a longer run. So some other like moderate kind of um, news that is, I think, a little bad, but it could be seen as a good thing. Um, So obviously we have a new variant here of COVID um, in New York, especially. Um, It's very uh, prevalent. And there has been, it's this Omicron, Omicron, however you want to pronounce it. Um, And the cases have been rising. Uh, So there has been an outbreak in several shows this week, all canceling multiple performances due to COVID. Uh, Freestyle Love Supreme, Mrs. Doubtfire, Hamilton, Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, Ain't Too Proud, and a few others are included in that list. So um, they've all been uh, forced to cancel shows and due to the outbreaks and or out of precautionary purposes, um, whether it's close contact or whatever it may be. Um, but I just want to say it's a bad look, sure. But at the end of the day, like there is a virus out there, so it's going to happen. And uh, like, you know, Matt Meg's kind of talked about it last week with Wicked. Uh, they've dealt with COVID outbreaks and the swings keep it going. I think the moral of the story here is that if you're hesitant to go to a Broadway show, you know, don't be because that they're doing everything that they can and to ensure that uh, you're going and you're going to be safe and you're going to be provided a safe space that is clean from virus and obviously safe from all other things that you may be dealing with. Um, so that being said, if you are hesitant, you know they're not gonna they're not gonna let you go see the show if you're if it's unsafe. And I think it's really uh, I think that really is a testament to to last night's performance i guess now um of hamilton where they literally audience members were lined outside the uh, outside the theater and were notified that the show has been canceled uh just 30 minutes before curtain so um you know they're not gonna they're looking out for us and so if anyone is curious or uh, and worried about going to see a show don't be because I promise it's just as safe as any other activity that you may be doing. Um, so with that being said, let's turn it over to some good news. Um, or Wait, let's actually stick with the moderate view, uh, news because who knows how this could be taken. So Lady Gaga, I read somewhere that Lady Gaga is expressing interest in writing a, a musical. And interestingly enough, if she writes a musical that happens to to make it to Broadway, she wants to star in it. So she wants to write and star a Broadway show. I personally would be pretty interested in that. Um, I think 
what she's done with the stars born and all these new movies that uh she's come out with has just been really amazing and i think it'd be cool to see her live and here on broadway um and i think it's like a good it's a good thing to have like a name like lady gaga on broadway and kind of have more uh attention on theater and that kind of like arts um theater arts in general so i don't know it'll be interesting i know that uh you know, a theater, uh, uh, for a show to make it to Broadway, it takes at least seven to 10 years. Um, so don't be surprised if we don't see that in the near future. But uh, it's definitely something to look out for and something to track the journey of. And uh, I think it'll be interesting. So yeah, now we'll get to some good news. <laughs> Flying Over Sunset officially opened on Broadway. And to be honest, I really didn't know much about this this musical, this new musical until like just this week and I've read a little bit more about it and I'm thrilled to see one of my old friends Tony Yazbek uh opening and reopening and coming back to Broadway um I think it's really exciting I think uh he would he would be a great episode of Take a Bow for sure he was my one of my James Berries in Finding Neverland so I'm very excited to see him back on stage Flying Over Sunset seems fascinating I've read all the reviews and or most of the reviews and like have read the description and like the summary and a little bit about the show and everything I'm like kind of interested in going to see it now so um if you don't know anything about it kind of like I did before this week I definitely recommend you like checking it out because it's something uh that's definitely not getting as much buzz as a show like you know hamilton or you know these these famous shows or like mrs doubtfire even um so just a just another show another option to to go see that uh i don't think has gotten enough recognition uh, so I'm interested in seeing it and seeing uh, how much I enjoy it and going to support some friends along the way. So flying over sunset, congratulations to to everyone involved. Happy opening. Very exciting stuff. I look forward to, to seeing it uh, when I can. So check it out. All right. That's all we have for the news this week. Uh, we're going to turn it over to the drama dictionary. And then I promise you, I'm going to let you all listen to Andrea Burns. But before we get to that, Let's talk about what a pit is. So everybody knows what a pit is. Everybody has seen a pit, especially if you listen to this. You've definitely gone to a Broadway, to some sort of show. Um, so a pit is where the the conductor kind of stands. And as he, you know, conducts and does his little thing, he is not only conducting the singers and the performers on the stage he is also conducting all of the um musicians and all of the musicians sit in that pit with him that it's usually like a like black kind of curtain that is hidden underneath the stage that kind of preludes out so that the conductor can be seen by both the musicians and the performers on the stage um that is what a pit is. It it's basically where all the musicians sit. It's usually under a stage when you go uh, on tour and stuff like that. Sometimes it's not. Um, it sometimes it's not like under the stage and it's actually more out of the stage. Um, so yeah, that's what a pit is. And if you didn't know, now you know. With all of that taken care of, let's turn it over to the moment that we've all been waiting for, uh, myself included. Um, let's turn it over to the one and only Andrea Burns. 
Andrea Burns, Curtain Up. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Joining this week's episode is an award-winning actress who has appeared in seven Broadway shows. She is one of the most beloved leading ladies on Broadway and is now taking over the entire industry with her many TV appearances, her very own album, and can currently be seen as, as a brand new role Fausta in West Side Story, which is now playing in theaters. So welcome to Take a Bow, Andrea Burns. Thank you, Eli. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited. Oh my goodness. I'm so excited. Was that correct? I just want to make sure that that was cool. Sounds good to me. Thank you. Yes. Oh my God, of course. So I'm I'm so excited to be talking to you today. Obviously, um, in doing some research for this little interview here, I, I can see that West Side Story is a very big part of your life. Um, do you kind of want to touch upon what West Side Story as a whole means to you? Yes, of course. Um, I actually, uh, my very first professional job was um, Maria in the European tour of West Side Story. Mm-hmm. I actually, um, I left college to go do that. It was directed by Alan Johnson, who was Jerome Robbins uh, heir apparent of the show. And uh, so he was setting companies for, he was the only person that Jerome Robbins had really trusted with the original um, piece. And I got to do that. And uh, yeah, and what what ended up happening over the years is that um, I did the show for a very long time and it subsequently introduced me to my husband who ended mm-hmm. up playing Tony. And now we have a son who's half Jed, half shark. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. I'm obsessed with that. That is fascinating. And then what kind of like, I don't know, like you got into, co- like, did you go to college for musical theater? Like, how did you get into like this whole like entertainment storytelling world? Um, I fell in love at a very early age with musical theater. I was, um, my dad loved movie musicals. So okay. he would um, show those to me. I think I saw West Side Story when I was six. And I remember thinking, this is the first movie I've cried at. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you know, wow. you're like, oh my God, I'm crying at a movie. You know, it was so little, but I remember that. And, um, so he introduced me to musicals. I loved them. And I ended up going to a camp in the Catskills of New York called French Woods Festival Performing Arts oh, yes. uh, that was um, really devoted to uh, theater and dance and music, among all other kinds of uh, 
camp activities, but I went when I was 11 and found my people and kind of never looked back. We did shows all the time and I was able to meet some kids who were even like professional in the city and, or acting teachers in the city. And I just fell in love and just wanted to soak up every little bit of it that I could. So started at an early age. That's awesome. Yeah. Child performer. We love it. Um, so not professional, was, not professional till I was 18, but yeah. Hey, yeah, you know, it's still a part of the community and everything like that. I love that Absolutely. though. Um, so, I mean, obviously you mentioned um, that you, you had done the European tour of West Side Story where you played yeah. Maria. Um, I want to ask you what it was like to revisit this story um, so many years later in a brand new role. It was uh, an unbelievable experience, I must say, to walk into a a rehearsal room because we did have rehearsal for this, which is unusual Uh in movies, but we did rehearse in um, choreography and numbers like you would in a show ahead of time, for weeks ahead of time. And um, the the core Jets and Sharks had been uh, there longer than I had, you know, working on other numbers. Um, but the, my first day I walked in and it was so wild to walk into a rehearsal room full of uh, young people playing these roles that I recognize, right? It's like territory <laughs> that I know. But um, I was deeply moved when I walked into the room and like all these kids kind of burst into applause. And I was oh. so, my breath was taken away because while I'm like simultaneously 18 and in a West Side Story rehearsal room in my memory, I right. also remember that I have like 30 years on it and a career that I've built. And specifically for uh, the Latinx performers, you know, I have been wow. able to be part of something that that have that has encouraged them and inspired them to do what they do now. So it was profound. It was deep. Um, the other thing that was uh, unbelievable was we did a table read of the movie mm. and uh, sitting at that table with Rita Moreno, who... Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. So who I was lucky enough to have met uh, before, but I was sitting there, we're reading. I'm like, wait, this is West Side Story and... Rita is in West Side Story, but Rita was in West Side Story and I'm in West Side Story. There was this time-space continuum of what is happening. Um, Right. It was just incredible, incredible. And uh, one more fun fact is that when um, they did dance at the gym, because I did uh, meet my husband, who's Tony and Maria, you know, back in the day, for it was our wedding anniversary when they were filming Dance at the Gym. And so I asked permission to visit the set and surprise him so we could go watch the filming of that. And that is also a memory that we will cherish forever, forever. Oh my God, I love that. I'm so glad that that was able to work out and they were able to let you do that. That's so cool. There's nothing better than like being able to like watch like your coworkers and like watching them do do what they love and play along and tell the story that is so important, especially like a story like West Side Story. Um, I want to ask you, um, what was, okay, so you have this relationship with West Side Story. So do you have like any like memories of Stephen Sondheim that you would be able to share with us? Um, yes, of course. And I've worked with Steve before. I did an off-Broadway musical called Saturday Night with him. Yes. That was an amazing experience because he was uh, 70 years old and at the time. It was for his 70th birthday and they were 
mounting this show that he'd written when he was like 25 and was supposed to get on Broadway. But as it turns out, he was he was the newbie. And this one producer who believed in him said, let's do it. I'm going to get the guys who wrote the movie Casablanca, the Epstein brothers, to write the book, imagine. And oh, we're going to produce it on Broadway. And as they were anticipating rehearsals, that producer um, died of a heart attack, unfortunately. And oh that show just died on the vine because nobody had ever heard of somebody called Stephen Sondheim. So it right. wasn't until years later... Uh, that we mounted it and mounted it, and um, I got to originate one of the roles, and and he was so funny in that because he would say things in a way like he was a kid. He'd say, "Oh, I'm going to get you a better lyric for that. I never liked that lyric. I'm going to fix it. I'm going to fix it." And I would think, "Oh my God, this is a fantastic lyric. What are yeah. you talking about?" Right? Right. I feel like a little 25 year old kid was coming out. So. That was an incredible experience to have with him. And um, I've known him through the years. But on this particular uh, experience, just to see him working until the very end. I mean, mm. America is a classic. It is an absolute, you know, standard musical theater classic. And we were in the room together. Uh, you know, he was retooling lyrics for that. And, really? Uh, yeah. And I had the privilege of being in there and just he'd be like, try this lyric, sing this one, sing that one, see what it, you know what's better. Um, he was always working to make things better till the very end. So that was a, you know, a true, he was a true genius. And also I know everyone throws that around, but he really is the reason so many of us are here. And oh, so yeah. to have been able to share space with him um, and especially here full in this full circle moment for me was profound. It was great. Yeah. Wow. That's, that's incredible. Especially like knowing if someone is like to his caliber, like, he always just wanted to figure out a way to be better. I feel like really inspiring for like young kind of theater makers that want to, that want to write or want to create and do whatever. Um, that's, that's incredible. Thank you for sharing that. Um, so your big, your big feature in the movie takes place during the song. I feel pretty. Yeah. Um, I want to ask you, you kind of like alluded to it that there was like a rehearsal process and everything, but I want to take me through like the whole, like, shooting of that like how does that work that's a pretty big number and to be able to like film a musical number on film is like I'm sure tricky like how long did it take what was it like um well it we rehearsed uh you know for about a week in the studio and then when we got to set I mean what's so incredible about Steven Spielberg is mm. he can have this whole fantastic thing set and then he has a brilliant idea in the moment and says wait a minute Let's do this instead. So we had sure. a big pivot actually with some of the staging in it right then and there that um, ended up being very special and quite beautiful. Uh, but yeah, I, I think it's just like um, whatever, you know, at, at this particular thing you really do, um, you're at the feet of the master, man. Like, you know, you just do whatever he's like, we're like, uh, okay, we'll do this now. Right. Um, but it was, um, it was great. I mean, Justin Peck, is such an mm. extraordinary choreographer. He's done like the impossible, you know, which is to take this and somehow pay homage to not only Jerome Robbins, but Balanchine and the people that Jerome Robbins, the shoulders he stood on and, and right. yet also be making his own mark. And, and, uh, and I think with, I feel pretty, it was really important to find the humor in all of it because uh, obviously it's at the end of act 
it sort of kicks off act two, as we know it in the stage production, where some heavy things have happened at the end of act one, for those of you who have never seen West Side Story, mm. I won't spoil, but, um, but uh, it's really, um, so that was a, a, a real focus for everybody who's bringing a lot of humor to that number. And that's where I got to come in. And uh, it was really fun. And, and the best part of it was that I would have, I think if I had been in a regular movie working with Steven Spielberg, I would have frozen on the spot and not been able to even open my mouth. But because sure. it was familiar, it was like hometown turf for me. Yeah. Um, he was so collaborative and we were able to like talk and say, well, what about this? Would this be funny? How about this? Um, and that was tremendous. He was just so open and warm. And uh, I mean, I'll remember it forever. Yeah, that's so cool. Like, especially because like, you yeah. know, it's a brand new role too. like you're, you're kind yeah. of like creating this a, a new role again. Like, so when you were like approached to create a Fausta in, in the movie, what was kind of your reaction? Like, just to be asked <laughs> to be in the movie? And I'm then like, like, there is no I know West Side Story in and out. I was like, what do you mean? It's a role? Right. What is that? There's not even yeah. Anything. Um, so that was just, I was shocked first and foremost. Sure. I was like, what could I possibly, I did this show. It was my bread and butter for so long. Um, because for so many, uh, Latinx actors, you know, this was the one I would say it was like, you know, Anita Maria Aldonza Evita. Those were the four <laughs> roles sure. really, uh, Aurora, spider woman. Okay. Five, uh, <laughs> right. All ending in an A yeah. that were, you know, around. And so, I was like, I, I, I had done West Side Story for so long, I knew it inside out. I was like, I can't imagine what this is. And so um, what's so beautiful is what Tony Kushner has done to sort of um, fill in the spaces, the things that have kind of been left to the imagination in the old version, um, or maybe not addressed at all, where he's just kind of filled in um, the, the environment of that particular area uh, in New York City, San Juan Hill, that was destroyed to create Lincoln Center uh, Performing Arts, of course. Sure. Um, and uh, and the, the characters that live there and what they're going through and what they're facing. So um, that was a really, you know, so that's, I'm, I'm part of that community. And um, again, in very few ways, like very brilliant small ways. He's done all these things that has have filled these gaps and also given you a better picture, particularly with the Latin people in the in the movie, in the story. Yeah. You know, you just get a little bit more dimension, a lot more backstory, which of course um, evokes a lot more compassion and empathy. And that uh, I just will forever be grateful to him for. I agree. And I think I was able to see the movie. It, amazing, by the way. I, I don't know Aww, if I said thanks, that. Thanks. Um, Yes. Oh my God. But I feel like in, in on top of everything that Tony Kushner and Steven did to kind of fill in those holes, I think that having the representation of like actual Latinx performers up there telling this story yes. elevated everything, uh, everything that transpired throughout the entire, entire movie. So like kind of what was it like how cool was that for you to to collaborate with all of the other artists and to be able to to tell a authentic story and not a well how was how would this work and how would this work and it's it's just it's true to them 
Well, I've been very grateful in my career to be part of like two of the first Broadway musicals that are about Latin people written by Latin people with mm -hmm. In the Heights and On Your Feet. And so having come from that experience of kind of no stories about us without us, uh, yeah. uh, it was truly amazing to be on a set now where there is an understanding among everyone um, among, among the non-Latinx community of how important it is to tell these stories truthfully and authentically and, and with empathy and love. And that was, um, you know, that was, there was every day, you know, I felt that. And, um, and now, yeah, the conversation has changed and it's opened up and it's not new. It's not, you know, it's just now it's open for the world to take in and discuss and, and now West Side Story will, you know, will include, it's just so much more inclusive. Yes. And the young people who will see it now will be, will know it to be that. And I think when they go back to the original movie, we'll love it too, but they'll have, right. it's interesting, right? They might see this first and then see the older one later in life, but they'll have the basis of this. And, mm -hmm. and, that that voice, that authentic Latinx voice, which I also want to mention, Julio Monge, the extraordinary uh, translator of Tony Kushner's book, who made this the Spanish so witty, authentic, joyful, fantastic. Um, mm. That that's that's going to be in everyone's bones. So that's yeah. forever, which is amazing. Absolutely. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, you kind of so you mentioned all of the 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 original movie. You you've been a part of uh, productions of it on on the stage, and there's been so many versions of it done uh throughout the world and throughout the, over the course of the years um what kind of differentiates this this brand new movie that that is currently playing in theaters and what makes you so excited for for audiences to see this version i think it's a fuller story hmm. it is there are many layers um in it i think the theme is sometimes it's very easy to say oh well the the sharks versus the jets and who's the good guy and who's the bad guy. And you sure. really, I think in this movie, you, you realize that the, the bad, the only bad entity is fear and hate. That's mm. the only, that's the villain. And I feel that this particular story telling of the story really underlines that. And I think it's a incredibly powerful message for our world right now. Yeah, absolutely. It's so relevant. And I'm glad that I know this film has been, kind of on the shelf for two years because of the pandemic um but i think it, it there's something 
even more beautiful about it that it it did wait for the timing and for allowing people i was able to see it in theaters and i think it just i think it's a movie right now that should be seen in theaters you know it must be and steven spielberg insisted on it and when you see as you you've i've seen of course but when everyone who watches this sees frame by frame the love mm. that was put into the visuals of this you yes. just can't miss it you can't see it on a on a smaller tv you need to be enveloped in the whole whole world right. so gift also like it's a reason to go back to the movie theater it's a reason to go back and have that experience it's yes. worth it. mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and especially like i don't know there was like an added kind of thing because it felt like i was at like a broadway show because like in in my like the screening that i went to like after every musical number everyone was clapping everyone like when rita morano showed up on the screen everyone was like yes yeah. like they were all fun it was amazing and it like you you just felt that sense of community again and i think that that's so important in seeing a movie like this with the message that it has um I, it just like made the overall experience so much more enjoyable um I don't know. That, that no, may I'm just good. I'm mean. thrilled to hear that. I mean, that yes. was my experience at the premiere too. I mean, it's just. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, of course. But entrance applause for every single person. But, I know. Um, yeah. but I think it's also a treat for, I think anyone who is, uh, who doesn't know anything about Broadway will love it. And I think everyone who is a Broadway fan will really appreciate the cameos and, you know, some Broadway yes. favorites who show up in there. And, um, and just the, and of course, knowing that some of our Broadway titans have worked on it, um, Janine Chisoria and Tony Kushner, what an incredible um, marriage of Broadway mm. and Hollywood. And it truly was a, a partnership. I think it's so cool because you weren't the only one who they who had kind of been associated with West Side Story before. There were a lot of people who they brought in from the this recent the most recent revival of west side story and then uh the original production like there was just like everyone had some sort of connection to the show yes. um and i thought that that was something even even more special because you could really tell that each of them had a special connection and like a deep 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 connection with their character and mm -hmm. uh, i think that that was really special to see because it definitely translated on the screen um, I think that really goes to our our producers. Um, yeah, obviously Steven Spielberg and Christy McCaskill Krieger and and, uh, and Kevin McCollum. I mean, they they have such reverence. That's what yeah. the beauty is too for for the history of this. And so while making something new, they paid such love and respect to the old. And and I think it's appreciated by everyone. Yes, absolutely. And you mentioned, I, I just want to talk about On Your Feet in the Heights really quickly because sure. you mentioned kind of what it, it meant to you to you to be a part of those shows um you were you you were nominated and you won awards for being in those shows and kind of telling those stories but like in a way like take those away and just like tell me what it means to be a part of the show to tell those stories in a real true fashion it means going to rehearsal and playing latin people and recognizing your family members being represented mm. It means looking around and watching all of your Latinx performer friends be able to be their authentic selves and celebrate the gifts that their culture has given them because they actually have a uh, a venue. Of, and I, 
a platform, and by platform I mean a dance step, uh, a way of a, a riff, a rhythm of a joke. These are all things that are very particular to a culture that may not have been understood by uh, writers or directors outside of the culture, um, but were celebrated in these these instances. So that was the joy of it for me. Was it? And by the way, you know, obviously the Latinx uh, spectrum goes, you know, it's many different countries, many different dialects, right? Many different yes. um, uh, customs. But for the most part, we were so united in seeing, again, um, something that we just know to be our heritage represented truthfully. And um, it was an incredible bonding time and an incredible gift to be able to show some of the best parts of ourselves to the world that were not necessarily asked for before. Right. Absolutely. And I, I just have one more question for you before you go, because I know you have to go. Um, but is there a um, kind of even more, it, it does it make things even more special when you're able to originate a role over than like being able to take it over? Um, it does. Yes. You're shaking your I, head. I'm, I'm nodding cool. because there's nothing like it. I mean, I've, I have, uh, replaced before, or I've done a role that is pre-existing, and there's magic in finding new things in that as well. But yeah, um, it's it, it's harder to create a role in the sense because you don't know if it works, right? Mm. So, yeah. and I think that's why it's so satisfying uh, when and if it does, because you're just throwing choices out there, you're building things, you're trying things. Um, there's a lot of love that goes into it, and also the possibilities. There's so many possibilities in the line, in the words of yeah. Um, in the beginning, right? I mean, sometimes <laughs> I get sad when a show is frozen because I think, oh, okay, so Daniela's never going to have the possibility of doing anything else. Like right. this is, this now is done, you know, until the next iteration or, you know, the next adaptation or something. But um, that's, that's the beauty of it is breathing, breathing life, breathing blood and guts into something on yeah. the page. There's nothing like it. So would you like to see Fausta in, in the future productions of West Side Story? <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know. <laughs> I think she's, you know, I have great respect for the original production of West Side Story. I don't think that the musical has to change. I think this is this is an adaptation and it's a glorious one. And um, yeah, yeah. And everything can exist at once. You know, that's yes. the beauty of it. Absolutely. Well, Andrea, thank you so much for this. Thank you for My giving me your time. I really appreciate it. It was such a great time. And thank you for sharing all of these wonderful stories. I know a lot of people are going to enjoy them. You're very welcome, Eli. It's so nice to meet you. Best it's so great to meet you too. Thank you. Take a bow, Andrea Burns. I am so thrilled that she was willing to come on this podcast, especially with all of the things going on with West Side Story. I just want to shout out Reagan, uh, who's one of the, I, I, I'm sorry, I would say the last name. I don't know how to pronounce it and I don't want to mispronounce it. Um, she's one of the publicists at Disney who helped me get her on. Um, I just want to thank both of them so much for coordinating this and their willingness to to pay attention to a podcast such as mine. Um, I think it's great to have both someone who was in the West Side Story movie, but someone who's obviously a a big Broadway name. And um, I was just really excited to have her on and talk to her about all the things and be able to be a part of her little press junket that she did that day. 
Um, I, I felt very official. Uh, anyways, Andrea, thank you for sharing all of those wonderful stories. One of my favorite stories about that was just Stephen Sondheim. Um, I, I, it was definitely a question that I was most hesitant, but it was also like to ask, but it was also one that I was like, I just need to know. And I really want to ask. And I was really excited about asking. Um, so what she had to say about literally him being the greatest of all time, but still always finding new ways to be better and wanted to be better. Um, I think it just like, it really resonated with me because you know, you could be at the top of the top and you could still improve and you can still, uh, it's what makes you the best, you know, having that kind of mindset and having that attitude. So I don't know, it's just something that really resonated with me and I thought was really cool. So I appreciate her for telling us that. Um, and of course, just her entire experience with West Side Story and what it was like to, to create a new character for the film and how, uh, that kind of character would, um, Get, I guess be involved in the future if at all um, which she did not believe it would at all um, but nonetheless I thought it was all fascinating and I thought it was all uh, great things to talk about and discuss and I'm sure uh, if I was wondering all those things I'm sure I wasn't the only one so hopefully they answered a lot of your questions and uh, yeah I was just really excited so I appreciate you all for listening and that's all I have for you all this week. So everyone, have a great week. Enjoy this short little episode because it's not going to happen often. And I hope to see you next week. So thanks again for listening. And stay kind, stay safe. And I'll see you next week. Bye, everyone. For this episode's curtain call, I would like to recognize a few people who also deserve to take a bow. This podcast would not be possible without the help from Dory Berenstein, Brittany Bigelow, Katie Rosen, Alan Seals, and the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. Next in line to take a bow is Tessie Tokash, who edits the audio and all the visuals for this podcast. A special thanks to patrons Brian Thompson, Pat McNamara, the listeners at PCC, as well as all of the other patrons for their continued support. If you're interested in becoming a patron, go to patreon.com slash TAB. And if you enjoyed this week's episode, don't forget to subscribe on the platform that you're currently listening to this on. Also, feel free to give us a follow on Instagram at TakeAboutPodcast. TakeAbout's logo is designed by Giselle Bustos, and the music is by Nikki Torsha and Cormac Collinon. Bye, everyone. Hope to see you next week. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.